Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. My name is Vivian Aqua, the Inclusive Workplace Wellness Advocate, and I am going to talk about, well, not only I, but together with the panel members, I'm going to talk about leading inclusive teams. But before I start with that conversation, I need to highlight my screen. So welcome to Let's Humanize the Workplace, where we talk about all the topics that are supposed to be discussed in the workplace. Just a tip for the leaders, for the managers, for the co-workers that are working there. I am challenging you to have similar conversations, open up the workflow, open up the virtual workflow, to have some of these conversations that I'm leading because it's a must-have to discuss this in the, in the office. But before I invite my guest speakers for today, next week, it's about International Women's Day. And rather, you know, I'm a person that rather sees International Women's Year as in 365. But I also, I still want to highlight this day. So um, the International Women's Day, it's an organization and they, the team of this year is about choose to challenge. So there are some of the challenges that are here that might inspire you to challenge the workplace or to challenge each other to do better. And when I say uh, gender diversity, let's keep it real. Let's challenge each other by adding intersectionality, adding different layers to the gender diversity because sometimes it feels like we are only stuck on one layer of the cake. And if you don't know what intersectionality is, please go back to my previous episode where I had an amazing conversation about why intersectionality should be added when you're talking about diversity or when you are uh, when you are trying to make diversity within your company better. It's an important gesture. We don't only want to serve some of the gender part of the diversity. We want, you know, the different genders to be served and to be seen in the workplace. So I'm just putting it out there. So these are the challenges that um, International Women's Day are, are showing. So maybe you want to pick up some of the challenges such as ch challenging the gender stereotypes or bias or... Um, work on something like when somebody's making assumptions, speak up, stand up, do something, don't sit back and wait or wait until after. We want to activate authentic allyship. And this is the time to activate your authentic allyship right now, today, now. So going back to my guest speakers for today, let me see. Like I said, I'm talking about leading inclusive teams, because there is so much to be said about the leader, but I also want to have this conversation about inclusive teams, especially now that a lot of us are working remote, there come so many challenges, but I'm not going to, you know, share all the details and all the things. I purposely invited all my guest speakers today. So if you give me a moment, oh, my son is coming in. It's his usual thing. And he is making a process to, yeah, he, he has his own way to share his goodbyes. Kom je nog of niet? Thank God. Yes, it's a whole process. So, hi, here's Orlando, the one I talk about often. 
and it's his nap time. But this is also part of my, you know, leading my own inclusive team at at the workplace. Come on, Orlando. <laughs> okay, so going back to the show, I'm going to introduce uh, Binas Chibukchu. I'm hoping that I'm pronouncing the name right. Binas is an established leader with extensive experience leading international teams, projects, and operations in banking, retails, and startup. Teresa Sigleto-Holema helps virtual leaders and culturally diverse teams to collaborate, create, and succeed. And she's also the author of Virtual Teams Across Cultures. And last but not least, Alex Ahom is helping clients build and implement strategies and concepts to empower diverse talent and improve employee experience. Welcome, everybody. I am going to bombard the first question, like, why do we need to humanize the virtual workspace? Let's start with you, Teresa. Okay, I will start. Well, yeah. I think that's a pretty easy one in that uh, we're starting with a technology relationship. That's one of the issues that happens when you're working virtually is you have to use metal and technology and to in order to connect with somebody who's far away. And so what that does to us is starts to say, well, we're we're feeling far from each other, let's just focus on the tasks, let's just focus on the agenda. And we start to lose our humanity in this. We start to forget that there's a person on the other end there. Uh, we use email and we forget, oh yeah, I need to communicate and connect in a way that's much more human. So I think we need to intentionally bring humanity back to this virtual relationship. <clears throat> and that's why I'm glad this is a topic and the first thank question. You, thank you for sharing that. And Alex. Yeah. Oh dear. I think there's a, a glitch. Um, otherwise, Pinas? Yeah. Um, well, humanizing workspace is a little bit odd, actually, because business and people have to live together. I mean, without one <laughs> another, they can't survive, can they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we come around the business, but then we have to interact to make sure that the business works. So humanizing workplace, of course, how to bring this equilibrium in the business matters as well as the human aspect of things and uh, create a more cohesive environment for all of us and in mm -hmm. virtual area it becomes even challenging so that there's the beauty <laughs> definitely definitely and alex thank can you, you Binas. And alex yes can i can hear you. hear you okay okay i've gone old school with the analog headphones um so yeah i was just saying i agree with that 100 percent. i think for so long um, work has been something that we've had to do for money and um, we've had to leave our whole selves at the door, right? And, and that barrier to fulfillment from our work, that, that, um, that, that barrier to having joy in what we do is, is set really high. So, um, and thankfully that's changing now, but um, we aren't mindless drones any, you know, we're not, we're not mindless drones for the most part, we're not mindless drones. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, so, so pe people want to, to, to be themselves and get a sense of purpose from their work, you know? So, you know, I've, I've spoken to people who don't feel included at, at work and, and they, they, they miss that sense of belonging. Uh, so I think it's very important that we, that we recognize that, um, you know, we are humans and, and, you know, work from home, I, I would just say that working from home isn't, isn't um, a bad thing. It's not worse than working from the office. It's just different. And we need to make sure we, we have the right skills and hone our skills so we can 
accept that challenge. Exactly. I also want to highlight Umesh, who is a frequent watcher. So he's saying humanizing the workplace is important. In a culture of bullying staff, do not speak up and innocent people suffer. So thank you, Umesh, for sharing that as well. And coming to the next question, how can leaders foster inclusion while working from home? What what have you seen, Binas, when you... Well, uh, I lead a group of, a team of 20, uh, and we're in different countries with different nationalities. I'm, we, we, are, we were so used to being together, coming together as big teams, or so work together in smaller teams. And what we really needed when we went uh, purely online was the space. Yeah. So the space to grieve together, to celebrate together, to, to talk, to listen to each other, that was so important and giving it enough time because we go into meeting after meeting, uh, oh, I need to deliver something, that mode didn't help. So we really uh, consciously created the space for our team to be together. What, what do you, to, to give it more context, what do you mean with space? Because with me, I'm thinking like, are you using a special tool to do that? Or is it the time that you mean with space? Because space can be anything, right? You can now travel to Mars even. So what 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 is space? <laughs> uh, space can be anything, that's right. Of yeah. course, we use Teams. I mean, that that's our meeting medium. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, in our team meetings, what we say is enough time, yeah. soft eyes, soft ears, listening to each other, being okay with being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. because sometimes different people feel different things. And when we express those, we should be just okay. And we should just accept. So that's yeah. also accepting is also creating space so that we build a, a, a community around trust around openness around uh straight being having straightforward conversations and that that's what i mean by space and it includes time as well thank you thank you for sharing that i'm seeing a lot of options in the chat so um alex yeah what does it mean for you what can we what do leaders do what do leaders need to do to foster inclusion while working from home well they definitely need to recognize the situation we're in you know i've spoke, spoken to a lot of people over the last five years or so that that um that feel a sense that they feel lonely at work mm. yeah? yeah and it's sometimes hard to believe but but there are a number of people who are feeling lonely while they work and it's different to being alone feeling feeling lonely and being alone are two different things yeah but but you know disengagement is is, is a problem and we can't expect people to to be high performers and be happy at work if they're disconnected and 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 feel isolated you know yeah. you, you can't you can't participate you know to, to that high level that, that bosses expect if you're sad how so, can um, they recognize uh, an employee being disengaged or being sad? What, well, what are some key elements that a leader should look for? Yeah, so, so definitely that inclusion piece is, is important. You know, diversity is, is the first step. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's the first step which a lot of companies um, uh, try to attack first because it is the kind of low-hanging fruit. Yeah. And, and, and that inclusion is a kind of, um, it's an action, it's a verb, it's something you have to do. 
But um, you, like, 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 you know, like we've covered, you have to give safe spaces. You have to give a space, a safe space, a brave space for, for people to talk about those things that are, um, are important for them. So, so mm-hmm. one thing that they can do to answer the question, one thing they can do, one thing we can do is to look at the meetings that we have. So much of our time is now online with using these apps yeah. and, and stuff. And we're having these meetings. And my wife is, is, is in the corporate world. She's going from meeting to meeting to work super hard. Um, but I noticed that, that, that if you're going from one hour meeting to one hour meeting, when do you t- have time to eat? When do you have time to, <laughs> to go to the toilet, to, to, have, yeah. to, have, to make your tea? So one thing I, I, would, I have recommended leaders do is, is try to transition from, from those one hour meetings to 15 minute meetings to 45 minute meetings. It, it's more or less the same, but you still you give people time to to ask questions about the weekend or to, to volunteer information to to have those water cooler experiences. And I think that's what sometimes we miss um, if, if we're just going from meeting to meeting from eight till late. I agree with you. And also knowing, you know, knowing that a lot of people are doing the back to back meetings, I would say the Zoom fatigue, it is real. And if you haven't experienced that your people are experiencing that, especially, you know, we are now in a, in a, on a platform where I can see Teresa's background. I can see Alex's background. I can see Binaz's background. And that in itself, it's causing us to focus on so much more than only the conversation. Whilst if you are, you know, on a platform where you're seeing 30 people, I know for myself that I'm very sensitive to that. So there are different settings that I use to prevent or decrease that fatigue because I know if I'm seeing 30 people on my screen, I know by the end of the meeting, my energy is gone. And I'm a person who focuses on the details. That's, that's a thing that I know, but you have to be, you have to be really uh, mindful of how people react to the virtual meetings and the virtual meetings is different than having an offline meeting. So yeah, I can totally relate to that. Teresa. Yeah, I'm going to take a little different angle mm-hmm. because of virtual teams and, and inclusivity. And uh, before COVID, when we had virtual teams at, across multinationals, let's say, which are the ones that I, I was I was about, about to say, who had them? Because here in the Netherlands, there was a virtual team wasn't a normal thing. But Well, continue. virtual teams have been around for years. It's just now, all of a sudden, everybody is doing it. Yeah. But the virtual teams where you have people sitting in the Netherlands and in China mm-hmm. and in India working together. Yeah. So that's also a virtual team. And inclusivity has always been a conversation uh, because the inclusivity is actually geographic. How yeah. do I include my distant colleagues? And, um, and one of the reasons that is, is because as psychologically, we think of our colleagues who are far away as more abstract. So it's harder to include them because, well, this one's so much, my colleague next to me is so much easier to grab mm-hmm. onto and them over there. So we start to, it's hard for us to include. So therefore what's interesting about now is uh, we don't have these pockets of uh, a few here, a few there, a few there, and then trying to be inclusive. We're all hundred percent remote. Yep. And what's interesting to notice is those teams are feeling more inclusive because we're all now experiencing the same thing. Even if somebody sitting in headquarters was sitting in headquarters and had some sort of status, we're all 100% remote now. So uh, it's the there are it's hard to be inclusive 
So there are inclusivity challenges for working from home and people as we've been discussing. But then there's this other angle where actually being 100% remote has made it more inclusive for some teams. I get you. Thank you. And I also want to highlight Goldshare. Goldshare is uh, mentioning something about uh, what Bina shared. So she thinks regular check-ins with team members become really important. Mm -hmm. Having those one-on-one -on -one touch base moments, even if for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. I also see Umesh, who is sharing an acronym for team. Together, everyone achieves more. And that's a very interesting acronym as well. So for those of you who don't know the true definition of team, Put it on there, remind yourself what a team is and not, you know, not working alone, but working together towards something. Thank you, Umesh, as well. And I want to go to the next uh, question because what are the challenges that teams can be facing while working from home? I know that, Alex, you highlighted one of the, uh, the challenges, but are there more challenges what you can share? Yeah, I, I would say uh, one, one story I could share is, um, you know, now I've closed my co-working space, I do a bit of consulting and, you know, hopefully I can do a bit more and, 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 and you know, join more teams and, and give my viewpoint where I can and my support. Um, but I, I spoke to a few um, kind of high-ranking executives recently who unfortunately are maybe also disconnected in a way from the rest of us and, and how a lot of people are working. And they had all the tools they needed to do their job. They had the super fast Wi-Fi. They had the ergonomic tables and chairs. And they didn't realize that a lot of the people they were speaking to didn't have that. You know, some, exactly. for, for some people, yeah. home isn't a safe space. For some yeah. people, home can be an abusive place, a, a, a place that has its own challenges. It may be a place that doesn't have a connection at all, let alone half-decent, stable, stable Wi-Fi. So um, we have to realize that not everyone, there isn't equality and equity in this, in this time. Yeah, th this pandemic and the Black Lives Matter fallout, the, the racism that's going on in, in many parts of the world, that impacts us all and prejudice, that impacts yeah. us all in a, in a different way. Yeah, and I totally get that. And also know that I, as a parent, I also faced, you know, some of the challenges while working from home and yeah. homeschooling at the same time, because it's asking a different capacity, a different energy for me. And I'm not, you know, I did not go to school to teach. So we were having some challenges in the beginning. My, my son understands me now and also we understand each other, but dealing with the fact that you have to teach on top of you know the work that you need to do it is challenging in itself and i want to use this moment to highlight to employers be mindful of yeah. the situation that your uh, employee or your people are in because you never know what's rocking their boat you never know until you ask so use also the time to ask them for how you can support them instead of asking about you haven't done the work, where are you and why haven't you done the work? Absolutely, yeah. Teresa. Yeah, I, just building on what you've both said, it's something about caring from a distance. Mm, yeah. And a little bit uncomfortable for some people because we're in each other's homes now. Not physically, obviously, but certainly in, in other ways, we're feeling in each other's homes. Yeah. And so, so people are a little bit trying to figure out where's the privacy line. And I think this COVID has eliminated or softened that privacy line. And so that some actually, some people have really 
risen to the challenge or risen to the occasion and and cared from a distance, really helped and supported, especially when people are in a challenge. But as Alex was saying, some have really struggled to recognize that there's other um, experiencing experiences happening during this. Mm-hmm. So bringing in that humanity again, caring and not letting the computers stop us from reaching out to each other, I think is one of the bigger challenges. That's an amazing you know, thought. Don't let the computer hold you back for caring for one another. I love that. Thank you. Finas. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, just building on and making some other connections to what's been said already. Uh, the lines have been blurred. So I used to wake up at seven o'clock, eight o'clock, I would be out and on my way to the office and I would be back five o'clock, five thirty in the evening. And that's my work time. Mm-hmm. But now working from home blurs those lines. So you can't just pocket things, especially with parents. I'm not a parent, so I don't have that part, but I can see because I have my friends and I have my colleagues yeah. who struggle with it. And with with our perfectionism and with our wish to deliver and be good for the company, we push ourselves so much that our contracts are what, 36 hour contracts, 40 hours contracts, but we keep find each other and find ourselves working 60 hours a week. That's not okay. That's, yeah. that's the biggest challenge. When do we stop ourselves to say enough? I need me time. I need to reflect. I need to think I need to spend time with my family. So this is a big challenge. And still, uh, some people have found their balances in that aspect, and some are still trying. So being open and talking about these kind of things helps uh, yeah. raise the awareness and maybe turn these challenges into opportunities, I hope. What, what, have you, what have you done to prevent somebody within your team or maybe outside of your team not to go overboard with their productivity or with their time? Well, I was very clear. Uh, I expect <laughs> that they, I trust them. They're all mm-hmm. adults. They're all yeah. very experienced people. So I trust that they would uh, use their time to the best of their ability and to the best of their needs. Mm-hmm. But it's, sometimes it is also good for the managers and the leaders to express their expectations. Yeah. If you have to work on a weekend because you took care of your children during the week, that is fine, but don't overdo it or yeah. don't start sending the mails in the weekend because that mm-hmm. will create pressure on the receiver of that mail. Yeah. So just be considerate about actions, consequences. Yeah. And then if you're stuck, we have other hands and we have other brains to help out. So it is also be okay to ask for help. Yeah. That opens up that. many op- uh, possibilities. I love that. Alex, you were about to say, oh, sorry. (laughs) No, I'll wait. I was just going to say. You were about to say something. Yeah, I was was just going to say that 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 high level of work that so many people are doing, it's unsustainable as well. And I think that's where leaders have to to recognize that when people accept a few stretch projects for a couple of days or weeks, that that, that's manageable. But if it's months or or a, a lot of work that is, um, kind of unrecognized and, and it's high pressure. It's just unsustainable. Uh, just, just as though is the, the physical side of the work, right? So yep. if we're going from 
bed to sofa or you know if, if you have a small apartment and you're only working on your bed because the, the living room is, is full or, or you don't have a living room you know um, what happens after you know four to six months of working you know hunched over on your bed is you, you get backache and you know yeah. and then we go to our bosses and complain so before it happens companies have to recognize that they really need to look after people working from home yeah. I would say, you know, follow up what Spotify did, right? Because they were one of the first ones, I guess, in the beginning when this uh, lockdown started. They were handing out, I know from the American part, I don't know for the other countries, but I knew that in America they were sharing bonuses of thousand uh, $1,000 for you to invest in your home office. And I was like thinking, okay, but companies are now saving a lot of money while people are working from home. So use some of the savings for them to invest in their home, a better chair, a higher, you know, a better microphone or something virtual in the background, at least a green screen so that they can feel comfortable in uh, showing up online. And Spotify have also just, I did a, I did a, um, I started a podcast of my own the other day. I did mm-hmm. an episode about, uh, I saw an, an article, Spotify announced that they are supporting work from home and they're allowing people to do that. Uh, and they're, so they're encouraging that and also paying uh, kind of big city wages to people who are, who are going to make that decision as well. And that's yeah. funny because some of the companies like, I think Twitter and some other kind of, some of these tech companies, they have said, if you work from home, then, then we'll pay you less because you know you know they they've worked out some kind of metric where if you're working from home you, you don't need so much money so they're reducing the pay of people who work from home so um, companies have to get it right that's that's, yes. that's the important thing. In the Netherlands, it wouldn't be allowed. But then again, we have different countries, different laws. But it's also it's also like you're taking you know you're giving a child a candy. And then you're taking it away just because they are spending some time home. They, it feels like you are being punished for working from home and being safe at the same time. Teresa. Yeah, I would just like to give a practical tool, but mm-hmm. that is really powerful for the team leader. And that is the, that is the one-on-ones between mm-hmm. the team leader. and the. So pre-COVID, we already knew people who were thinking about remote work and virtual teams and things like that, we already knew the power of the one-on-ones. But now during COVID, making sure people are okay, asking how you are, what can we help? And research is showing that the number of one-on-ones has increased dramatically um, during COVID for a good reason. So Mm -hmm. just listening, asking what's going on, how are you? How are your hours? Is What's stress? What's going on in your world that I can help you with? Um, Can really go a long way for a leader. That makes me wonder how much should a leader, uh, how many team members should a leader have under their wing? Because some leaders have too many people under their wing. And if you have like a hundred team members to schedule a hundred one-on-ones on a weekly basis or a bi-weekly basis, that's a challenge at itself. I, I don't know any leader that has a hundred. But now is what's <laughs> happening in IKEA. It's, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm not. I hope if that's the case, then I completely agree with you. It's a mm-hmm. logical nightmare, a logistical yeah. nightmare. But uh, yeah. for the for the average leader that we come across, um, mm-hmm. it's doable. And it's, yeah. it's not only for leaders; it's for colleagues. 
I mean, yeah. when, yes. I, when I think about someone yes. who I haven't met for a while, I'll just send them a message. I'll just say, oh, I was thinking of you. Hope you're well. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug, whatever. Yeah. And then it makes someone happy. And we don't yeah. need to converse, but it is that being remembered, the yes. feeling of, oh, hang on a minute. And then it leads yeah. to a coffee, catch up, or it leads to a walk and talk on the phone. How wonderful but if it even if it doesn't land i i shared what i felt with someone i cared and that's all that matters it plays i love a huge that you role. shared yeah. that you shared the walk and talk because now that the weather is better i want you to i want you to walk and talk literally literally walk and talk <laughs> because we have been sitting too much <laughs> and we have been promising too much so take 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 the the promise to the fullest and go outside and have that conversation not only will you get some real vitamin d as well but it will boost your mood and you are doing something you are active outside so let's 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 move towards outside and have that conversation as long as the weather is okay and if you are permitted to walk outside you know within the netherlands we are only permitted between 4 30 and 9 p.m so have that walk in between and have you know some fresh air as well so and, and i know colleagues who live close enough that mm -hmm. they're walking yeah. together with a, yeah. a meter and a half distance, distance. Yeah. but yeah, yeah huge impact yeah, yeah it's really good definitely and just just and on your and your point mm -hmm. about the um, about the team size, yeah, there are there are many teams that are too big, you know, and, mm -hmm. and sometimes the workload is is not you know is not equitable. So um, yeah, I, I I played a lot of sport growing up, and you know played it to a decent level, and we've had to learn and talk a lot about leadership. And one thing I, I take from kind of my sport sporting background into into the workplace. Um, it, it, there are lots of similarities, but leadership, you know, it, when you have an effective group and a, an efficient group, it's, it's not typically one leader. It's not typically one boss. Exactly. So, so of course, we started talking about one-on-one -on -one meetings, but in a modern team, in a modern society, do we really need one leader, one boss to take on the responsibility to have one-on-ones with mm -hmm. everybody? We, that might not be the case. Can we encourage the team to to look after the other members and can that support come from multiple areas so it's not all that the onus isn't all on one person exactly we need to hold each other accountable and also be there for each other and not only you know lean on the manager because who's the manager going to lean on then because eventually you have somebody who is shoulderless right they have no shoulder to lean on when in the company so support each other and like i said have that conversation with each other outside so that you're doing something and engaging your brain as at the same time as well. What do you see, what are the biggest opportunities to lead a, an inclusive team to infinity and beyond? And I'll start with you, Teresa. What is your prediction regarding this? So again, I, I think about the virtual multicultural mm -hmm. teams and there has been research by um, some professors, I'm going to say their names incorrectly, but Di Stefano and Maznaveski, my mm -hmm. apologies. But nevertheless, they did. They looked at virtual teams, multicultural virtual teams, and they said there were three types, creator, 
uh, equalizer and destroyer. And a creator, mm. by the name, they're creating, they're talking about cultural diversity, they're learning about each other's cultures. Destroyers, you can take that name, it's uh, their misunderstandings, frustrations, things like that. And then there's something, the majority, which they call the equalizers. And what happens in the equalizers is with that we eliminate talking about cultural diversity. We just want to be the same. That's our goal. So we lose that, that uniqueness, that interesting, the, the, the different diversity of thought. We're not expressing and encouraging it. And I would like to see the discussion of cultural diversity, but even all types of diversity happening more in the team so that we're moving from equalizers, keeping everything the same to creators. That's, That's an dream. interesting perspective because I was thinking that a lot of companies are in the, you know, in the in destroyer part or some companies well, are. Those are the ones we hear part. about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's an interesting. I'm definitely going to look up that research because that's interesting. And, and I encourage that we need to have these uncomfortable sometimes conversations to learn better, to learn how to cooperate better and to learn how to create that creativity or to spark the creativity that you know that's the reason why you hire that person because they have a, a particular superpower that they can use or boost your company to the next level. So definitely. Alex. Yeah, 100%. I, I would just say that, um, you know, we have a, an opportunity here. You know, we have to frame this situation differently, the, the, the conversation, you know, as a, as a whole. I saw on LinkedIn a few days ago, again, another, another article on LinkedIn, the CEO of Goldman Sachs referring to working from home as an aberration. Yeah, and he said that it, it, it's, he was so against it. And um, there have been many high-profile VPs also talking about how the positive impact of DNI is unquantifiable. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and so they're saying that you just you, you can't measure it and, and, and maybe, therefore, you know, thumbs down. You can't down. or they won't measure it. <laughs> well, some don't want to measure it, and, but, but, but again, some saying that you can't measure it. But, but as I said, it's an opportunity here. We're, we're at a crossroads where people, as I said, want to be recognized. They want mm -hmm. to be seen. They yeah. want to be included. Yeah. And um, the, the, we have to make sure that people are happy because, as we said before, we agreed that unhappy people uh, are not uh, productive. And, 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 and so it's, it's bad for business. But you know, on a human level, we, you know, we, we have to, we have, life is so short, right? So yeah. um, we definitely, again, I would recommend to, to leaders, we definitely have to invest. So um, they have to have insiders, you know, headcounts for people inside. They have to have outside perspectives from people like ourselves. They have to put some budget behind it as well. And they have to have a long-term view. That's, and that's the opportunity that there is to, to if, they, if they take those cues, we can have success for sure. Yeah. I like everything that you said, especially in particular to invest. Diversity yeah. working towards inclusive team is an investment that you're making and your people are also investing in your company, investing in the products that they're making. And these investments can be innovative. I don't need to share all the facts and the figures. If you want to know that, I can definitely share that later. But there are so many business cases about how and why diverse teams when you activate inclusion let's let's keep it real when you activate inclusion they will work for the greater good for your company for your clients or for themselves as well but activate inclusion 
the lower hiring costs, uh, you know, higher retention rates, exactly. more innovation, all, that, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Benas. Well, your question made me think of three things. So one was, of course, infinity and beyond is Buzz Lightyear's best thing, isn't it? I have a son, so I'm in that <laughs> yeah. Disney. Yeah. I'm in that Disney face right now. <laughs> and that, that's a brilliant per personification of mm -hmm. a, an opportunity. Buzz yeah. Lightyear is courageous, and he would dare to just yeah. go to infinity and beyond, and he he wouldn't think about anything as a challenge. And that's the opportunity, dare to speak up, dare to open these conversations, dare to get messy. And I think there are more people who are now ready to do that. Yeah. So that's one of the opportunities. The second thing is, uh, it made me think about geometry because infinity and beyond might bring us back to the same point, mm. geometrically speaking. So this is the time this is the tipping point with black lives matter with uh, diversity inclusion conversations really boiling up and being on high on the agenda let's not come back to the same point but let's go exactly. to the next level and the next yeah. round so yeah. let's use this as a positive spiral yeah. uh, and the third thing is compassion uh, because buzz lightyear yes infinity and beyond but it is it is also star trek uh, and Dr. McCoy, who is a very miserable old git, <laughs> he says, compassion, no machine will have compassion. It's mm. only human. And yeah. the more we use this skill, the more we use this feeling and make it more open and shared, the better we will get. I love these points, and you're you're mentioning Buzz Lightyear, you're mentioning Star Trek. You hit all, all the points that I'm passionate about. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. I want to. Unfortunately, I've come to an end, and I always, you know, ask this question to my guest speakers. I have a wish, but I want to know what your wish is for 2025 when it comes to humanizing the workplace and leading inclusive teams. I know that we are now in 2021 and that we have four years to go, but what do you wish to see in 2025, Alex? You know, I, I, um, you know what I heard a lot in 2015? Mm. I heard that question, where are we going to see the workplace in the five years? Uh, what will the workplace look like? And you know, five years down the line, 2021, 2020, uh, for the most part, we, we got it wrong. For the most part, it's mm -hmm. not where we wished it would be. So you know, for me, hoping things will change isn't the strategy. Um, I love these conversations. Um, I'm all for I'm all for it. I've got so much energy for it. Um, but what I really want to encourage leaders to do is, as I said, to implement and activate change. And mm -hmm. we have to hold ourselves accountable we have yeah. to stop kicking the can down the road and, and stop thinking about, of course, we have to put in strategies, long-term strategies. But sometimes you see these companies say, well, our strategy for 2045 is X and we want equality and parity for X. Yes, and yes. what are we doing today? You know, so yeah. I just want to I just, I just underline that it's a 100% possible and 100% needed that we, we stop um, underpaying young people and and uh, and keeping them out of the workforce, we 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 include uh, older people and and stop uh, branding them as unambitious or past it. You know, w women 
also are sometimes left out of decision-making processes. Uh, people of color are passed for leadership. These are things that we need to attack now. So I, I really want to kind of focus on what we're doing now as well as, uh, you know, what we're doing in five years. I, I love that. And to underline that, because a lot of companies are pushing forward in 2025, we will be more diverse or we have more inclusion, but it takes time to implement the change. Yeah. It takes time to marinate that change. And every step that you're taking right now should be helpful towards that goal. So I want to make the challenge that Alex is doing a little bit more concrete. What are you doing the upcoming 90 days? And I mean, yes, within 90 days, there are actions that you can take towards uh, becoming more inclusive. Have you reached inclusion? No, but you can become more inclusive within 90 days. So how are you, what are you going to do? And what, how are you going to challenge yourself and your team members as well? So thank you, Alex. Benaz. I was thinking when Alex started, I was like, if if I think about the suffragette movement, it mm -hmm. starts in 1903. So it's 117, yeah. 118 years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. And how much did we move? Yeah. So there is that reality. And it's not only about gender equality, it's it's not only racism, it's also about disabled people, it's about yeah. aging workforce, ageism. There are so many different levels. And that's why I love when you say intersectionality, because there are so many different layers. And at least if we have taken one or two steps towards understanding, towards formulating curious questions around these issues, Maybe we will also relax a little bit, mm. relax so that we don't uh, fear of offending someone or we don't have the anticipation of being offended, but we can just have conversations to understand and to accept or agree to disagree, but just yeah. put, put them in the middle. Yeah, we need to have these conversations yes. in the workplace and we need to uh address whatever it is needed to address to move forward because yes. we want to move forward but as long as you don't talk about it it feels like people are working on eggshells so thank you exactly. yeah Teresa. so i'm very inspired by both what benaz and alex said and yeah i i, I I'm inspired as well by Alex, particularly saying, what are we going to do now? Or mm -hmm. Vivian, what are we going to do in the next 30, 90 days? And I think this is an important moment because we're going to eventually come out of COVID lockdown. I and what so. are we going to move towards? <laughs> and yeah. this working from home, working from anywhere uh, is a much more, could be a much more inclusive structure than what we had pre-COVID. Mm. The potential is there. Because when you have a working from anywhere, uh, it could also be from any time, then you're allowing people to work at the rhythm that they are their best, yeah. or that you include then people who perhaps cannot travel and are restricted in whatever way. So also you see that some studies show that we get more um, diversity of thought in the virtual space depending on what study you're looking at, hierarchy goes away. So there is an opportunity if organizations do this well, think about it, be intentional. We went, we went working from home unintentionally. Now we have the opportunity to do it better. 
And I think yeah. this is an interesting conversation to have and an important conversation, especially when we're, when we're talking about inclusivity, being inclusive. So. I love that. And thank you also for adding that. On that note, I am so grateful for having this conversation and also know that you and you all inspired me. And I hope that the, the viewers or the listeners, you take at least one action or one thing that you learned from today and implement that or try to implement that for the upcoming three months, because it's there's, there's certainly something doable. But you have to challenge yourself and hold each other accountable for the challenge as well. So thank you all for watching Let's Humanize the Workplace. And I will put this up. Um, thank you all for watching. Know that within a few days, this episode will also be available as a podcast. And next week, so International Women's Day is on Monday. But next week's Tuesday, I will have a special conversation with a few women. And one man, yes, one man who's going to be, <laughs> who's going to have a conversation. And we're going to talk about International Women's Day and what next, right? What next? So thank you all for watching and until next time. Bye. <laughs>